I've already said we like we have to bring a sense of humor to this topic because I can just not talk about colon cleansing without giggling a couple times if that's all the same to you. I am so about that. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella and we are going to have some fun today. My guest today is Jennifer Jameson. She is kind of my guru and just a couple things you need to know about her. She's certified in Pilates. She's certified in aromatherapy. She is certified in massage therapy, but we are talking about none of those modalities today. We are talking today about hydrotherapy or what other people call colon cleansing. Jen, Welcome to Ella. (laughs) Thank you so much. It is so good to speak with you today. We are going to have some fun with this. And I just have to warn people right now. Okay, we're going to be talking about poop. We're going to be talking about the colon. (laughs) We're probably going to say something like anus somewhere in this podcast. So if you just cannot even deal, stick around anyway, because it's going to be fun. So Jen, tell everybody a little bit about you and who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I am the co-owner of a lovely space called Inner Light Holistic Healing, which is a practice that is in North Carolina. And we offer a variety of healing arts modalities that include colon hydrotherapy, as well as Reiki and aromatherapy, um, and a variety of other amazing, uh, relaxing modalities. But I am a mind-body-spirit practitioner. That's probably my best description, but I have been practicing for a long time to help clients find their healthiest and highest alignment. Well, and you have so many different modalities that you are so gifted in. And I know also I overspoke. I graduated you already to a licensed massage therapist. I know you're in school for that. (laughs) I am. I am. We try to add a different modality every year to challenge ourselves and, and spread our consciousness in looking at the ways the body can heal itself. I have the pleasure of knowing Jen in off-air life, so to speak, and she is, besides the fact it's not important or relevant, but she's absolutely stunningly gorgeous, and she's like this lean, mean fighting machine, except you're the most peaceful human being I know, and you're (laughs) kind of my guru, and Jen is just like this amazing creature, and I wish you all could meet her in person, but I'm super, super honored to be able to bring Jen to you guys virtually. I just couldn't think of a better person, Jen, to talk about such a funny subject on the air, (laughs) and I've already said, like, we have to bring a sense of humor to this topic, because I can just not talk about cold and cleansing without giggling a couple times, if that's all the same to you. I am so about that. (laughs) So why are we even talking about this? Like what, Jen, what is colon hydrotherapy? What does that really mean? Yes. Well, let's just kind of break it down. So colon, yes, it is the large intestine that we're going to be working with. And the hydrotherapy is water therapy. And colon hydrotherapy has had, gosh, so many names. Uh, some might recognize colonic irrigation or high colonic or colon therapy, even clyster, which is kind of an ancient word for an enema that kind of uses a special syringe. 
But ultimately, what I want people to understand is the purpose of colon hydrotherapy is just to hydrate the body, specifically the large intestine, the colon. We use filtered water and uh, temperature regulated water to safely stimulate the bowel's muscle. And we are trying to ultimately evacuate waste from the large intestine using the body's natural peristalsis. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Okay, now we're going to talk today about why you would do this. Like, how is this helpful? And and then we're going to walk you guys through really specifically, if this is something you're interested in, what you should expect, what that experience would be like for you, how you should prepare. We're going to give you all the nitty gritty here. But Jen, I think it's important first to just talk about why we should even care. Like, why is this even useful? So first of all, who is a good candidate for hydrotherapy? I think that's a fantastic place to start. There are so many types of categories of people. Many times it's about things like experiencing kind of impaction or constipation. That seems to be the obvious place to start. If your bowels are not moving once a day, we would really like that to be a goal for people. And many times people are really blessed to be able to go after every meal. But I'm finding with our current diet and the stress level in the world, as well as medications that many people are on, that doesn't seem to be a reality right now. So we would like to be able to offer colon hydrotherapy as an option for people who are really struggling with impaction and constipation. On the opposite end, even diarrhea, where there's stool is almost too loose, almost as if there's not assimilation into the body. Um, people who have a parasitic infection. It's not just those that travel or eat raw meat or raw pork products uh, like it used to be. Uh, It's becoming quite commonplace now. And so folks who are struggling with parasitic activity, those that have set the New Year's resolution to just be overall more healthy, uh, balancing good bacteria in the body, the flora, the gut flora. Those are people who can definitely uh, benefit from that. People who have got just gas all the time. Anything that they eat, they just get gassy. This uh, modality helps people find a little bit of regularity. People who are prepping for colonoscopy, um, it's a much gentler way to prepare the bowels to get them cleaned out and uh, much more soothing and not as traumatic as drinking a lot of the preparatory things that your gastro doc would give you. Pre and post surgery, sometimes cleaning out the bowels or preparing yourself if you haven't had a bowel movement after surgery. Sometimes we get constipated by the medications that they give us. Um, And even people who are special populations that have trouble moving their bowels on their own, like uh, quadriplegics or paraplegics, muscular dystrophy, uh, multiple sclerosis, those folks really could benefit from having a little help in this category. So, Wow, that's a really comprehensive list. And I've heard you talk also about people who are undergoing cancer treatments. Why is that? Well, a lot of times, and, and we have to kind of be careful if it's a cancer like colon cancer, where it's extremely active in that space. Sure. But uh, uh, with approval from uh, your physician, sometimes the treatments and chemotherapy can be quite um, rough on the body. And we need that gentle help in getting the bowels moving again after a very long chemotherapy treatment. And um, we find that the colon hydrotherapy helps to calm the bowels in that space. And so, yes, if you have approval 
uh, from your physician, uh, that would be a good candidate for, for someone to be able to kind of flush those toxins out. Jen, we have talked so much on the show about gut health and I've had various experts on. So I know that my people already know how integral gut health is to your overall health and that so much of your immune system is housed in the gut and that there's a really profound gut brain connection. Yes. I do think it's worth sort of repeating though, just how impactful having a clean, healthy, functioning digestive system and colon, how impactful that is on your overall health. I mean, do you have anything that you want to say about that or observations that you make just with your own patients? Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's interesting when you know that folks are not at the top of their game because there's so many common signs that people tend to talk about. Um, it, it could be something as simple as kind of stinky breath or body odor or um, their their complexion is not so shiny anymore. It's it, You've got some acne and some outbreak. Um, sometimes even swollen joints or aches and pains uh, when you get up in the morning that maybe is not due to arthritis, but just a little bit of, you know, slow to get up, dehydration, you know, the lips are dry, the, the cracking of the skin, brain fog. That's probably one of the most um, important things that I hear a lot, quite a bit. Um, headaches. A lot of times when we're not moving our bowels and the off-gassing that happens with toxins that are staying in the bloodstream for a lot longer, headaches tend to crop up. Irritability and bloating. I mean, these are the obvious ones, right? The belching, the little bit of nausea. Mm -hmm. So when people are experiencing those, when they're not having regular movements, when they're not feeling at the top of their game, stress starts to happen and it becomes a vicious cycle. So having amazing gut flora, having the bowels work properly makes you feel like a million bucks. It makes you feel like you can take on the world. It makes you feel grounded and happy and healthy. And when we're happy and healthy, we go out in the world and we're not thinking about our, our health and we're not worrying about it. We're, we're living and we're living joyously. And so I just find it to be one of the most crucial things that we can do is to keep uh, the gut strong and vibrant and having strong immunity. I think that's just the best thing that we could possibly do for ourselves. Obviously, this show is not about convincing everybody to go get colon hydrotherapy, but it is to educate people as to what it is and uh-huh. why they would even consider it as an option. I really want to break it down so people understand what that experience is like. Because I mean, frankly, Jen, let's be honest, like it sounds scary or, painful <laughs> or embarrassing or lots of adjectives that aren't awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got our work cut out for us today. One thing that I will say is anyone who has done it, I mean, I guess you could have a really bad experience with a not so good practitioner, but anyone that has actually done it, who I've spoken to talks about the glow, like the afterglow. And, and they really talk about feeling like a million bucks. So the evidence is there. And I have to say, I told Jen right before we went on air, I was like, we are not talking about me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not. I have to say, though, just in case anyone's wondering if I put my money where my mouth is, this is part of a quarterly routine for me. So there's Absolutely. a reason I know Jen and there's a reason I know about this therapy. And can we just leave it at that, please? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Love the word. 
Okay, so let's talk about how it works. So there are two types here. Let's talk first about open versus closed systems so people, so we can lay the groundwork here and people even understand what this process is. So Jen, what is open system versus closed when it comes to colon hydrotherapy? Absolutely. Well, let me just paint a picture on the open system. So you are able to lie down on a molded fiberglass table. It kind of, it kind of looks like a recliner. It's, 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 it's actually quite comfortable. It's a form fitting table. It has a basin uh, that's cut into, and it has a small, sterile, disposable uh, rectal speculum about the size of a pencil that is attached at one end. And so a lot of times you'll have uh, a therapist kind of come in and teach the client how to gently insert this speculum in. And the beautiful thing about this particular system is that you can have a lot of privacy in this space uh, okay. because there's it's it's almost self-guided here. The open systems, they have a, a water, there's water in the tank and it has a, a cabinet. And sometimes you can see the level of water, the temperature is controlled. And it's a beautiful thing because it's kind of self-paced and it gives the person not only some privacy in the space, but it also gives them um, the ability to kind of self-regulate depending on what they need. And so when th the reason why this is important is because when the body is relaxed, stool moves. And so we're kind of in two different spaces. There's fight or flight when we're a little bit nervous. And so having privacy for some people is incredibly important to be able to allow the body to relax, to release stool. Okay, so this is the open system, and I actually am totally unfamiliar with this, and it's a little bit more self-guided, and I get that there's more privacy here, but there's also a little bit more self-reliance here, which may or may not be a trade-off, right? Well, and that's true, and I think, you know, the one of the things that's really interesting is that when the client is ready, when the water is, um, when you have a little bit of pressure that builds up in the colon, then the client pushes the waste out of the bowels. And I think sometimes for special populations like paraplegics, quadriplegics, other special populations that have an extremely loose sphincter muscle, they prefer this method because not only does it, like I said, ensure privacy, but it makes them feel the body is kind of cradled and makes them feel fairly comfortable. And so there's some beautiful systems. So don't be scared if you actually go into a particular practice and they have an open system. There are pros and cons to each, but I think they both offer a beautiful benefit to getting this modality accomplished. Okay, so that would be a good question for them to ask when they were calling the practitioner. Correct. Okay. Yes. Do you use open or closed? Perfect. So now paint the picture of what the closed system looks like for everybody and what the differences are. So in a closed system, the client actually is wearing a medical gown. They are lying comfortably on a table and we break open a pack a kit that has three things. It has a disposable speculum, which is what we actually use to insert into the anus and opens up at the rectum. We have a distilled water flow tubing and we have a discharge hose, which is where the stool comes out. And so we attach all these things together and then we attach all of this to a, looks like a square box. And we are able to regulate water temperature and water flow. And so the therapist actually works to control that. But the beautiful thing about the closed system is that there is a nice symbiotic relationship between the therapist and the client 
We do a lot of stomach massage when we find that the stool is not moving. In our practice, we actually use a lot of singing bowls or Tibetan bowls to help kind of uh, create almost like a primitive ultrasound to help the stool come off the walls very gently. We're one of the first in the country to use this. And we create an environment that allows the person to be comfortable ask questions and we spend some of the time on the table educating what we're seeing through the tube and it actually tells a lot the stool tells a lot about our colon health so having a therapist in the room to answer questions in this manner actually creates a lot of calm for the client that we've noticed so we also can implement any kind of body work whether that be reiki if we've agreed on that or some stomach massage if that's needed and uh, it becomes more like a a team effort and a lot of people are very comfortable with that okay so i'm gonna break this down really simply like over simply so the open system is kind of like just using the toilet but you're in a different position and you're seated differently but it's just kind of open air is that right that's correct okay okay and then the closed system everything's sort of neat and tidy because it passes through the kit it passes through the plastic tunnel if you will and goes through the box and you actually can sort of see not sort of you can see what is passing through and take a look at it and that sounds kind of gross but i think (laughs) it must be fascinating like your poop tells a story (laughs) you're right actually waste goes out of the speculum and into the waistline and then empties uh directly into the viewing tube it it may sound gross but there are a lot of things that you can learn um, by your stool so for instance Let's just say someone uh, had a kale salad and all of a sudden I look through the viewing tube and I notice that there are whole kale pieces coming through. So a lot of times that gives me the cue to go back to a person that I know may have a very high energetic lifestyle. They're on the go and maybe they're conducting a lot of business over lunch. Maybe they're on the phone. So I know at that point in time, it gives me an indication about another part of their wellness. Maybe they're they're not present when they're eating. And so we can actually have a dialogue about ways in which to improve their digestion based on these clues. Okay. That's actually sort of incredible. And I get why this would be interesting. So what are some other things you see in the viewing? What other stories do you see there? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, it's always interesting the first time you see uh, a tapeworm swimming in the other direction. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like you so. literally see worms in the viewing tube? Well, you know, oh. the par- the parasitic part of it is definitely something that we want to keep an eyeball on. And so, yeah, that definitely will, will give you some clues as to what's going on in the health or maybe why someone is experiencing such extreme exhaustion or uh, their their sleep patterns are disruptive because there's a lot of activity at night uh, going on in, in the colon because of, of parasitic activity. Oh so, my gosh. I mean, you're literally <laughs> seeing these suckers like swimming upstream salmon can, style. We have had, had a moment of that. It definitely makes your, your head whip back to the tube pretty quickly, but uh, that's, that's definitely things that we wanna look at. Whether the, the stool is dry, 
or whether it's soft and formed or whether it's incredibly watery. Obviously, we will know based on how the stool comes out, what color it is. If we are dealing with emotion, I have even seen the stool turn almost a dark, super dark brown to almost black when we're dealing with emotional issues on the table. So there's a lot of clues to our health and we it's important for clients to be able to see them. If, if we see old stool in which it's got spindles or it's incredibly wrapped in mucus in which it's maybe been there a while, um, that tells us a lot about their colon health. What about candida? Can you see any evidence of candida? Every once in a while, we'll see some flakes there. They look like white snowflakes come through. Probably your therapist or your practitioner is going to have a better view in through the two because you really have to work hard to be able to see them. Now, we do have candida that's already in the track, but we want to just make sure that it's not sheets and sheets and sheets of these white snowflakes because then that might indicate an overgrowth. Okay. And then you've touched on undigested food, but that a lot of times can be a sign of leaky gut. Is that right? Well, yes, at times, but you know, there's a variety of things, but until you have a dialogue with your client and allow them to share their story, can we then kind of act as detective to kind of uh, come up with a game plan or figure out why we saw what we saw? The, The client has all the answers. They may not understand them themselves, but we can help them formulate a plan by teaching them about slowing down, being present, chewing their food, um, not not three bites and swallow, but really getting in there and, and, and masticating, chewing that food so that it's almost close to liquid. And that gives us an, an easier time to, to pass through the gut to be assimilated. I mean, that I laugh and it definitely taps into that part of your brain where you're like, ew, gross. But when you really start thinking about it, it's fascinating. It really is. I think a lot of people, the very first time, actually before they actually experience it, they're like, ooh, I don't want to know. But I have become like the TSA of poop. <laughs> I can kind of see like right there and tell a story of your last 24 hours, which is pretty cool. And then I'm, like I said, I'm trying to educate the clients so that if they have questions and go, you know what? Gosh, corn never seems to break down. I see it whole. Maybe that, maybe that, that that's really not a great food for us in that space. And especially when we're looking at GMOs and other things that aren't breaking down. So I think empowering people to have knowledge about colon and even as weird as waste and what's coming out, it makes them think or pause or gives them the opportunity to think or pause to make some better decisions as they're choosing foods, as they're spending their time in consumption of those foods and being uh, practicing mindfulness. I have what might be a silly question, but how does this compare to enemas? Some people are more familiar with enemas or maybe they've had one if they've been in the hospital or maybe they've administered one at home. Like, how does that compare? Absolutely. Well, an enema is a fantastic stopgap for a lot of folks who maybe even in between their colon therapy sessions where they're regularly constipated. But the beautiful thing is it can help to hydrate that descending part of the track. And the reason why I say that is it only goes up to maybe six to eight inches in uh, the colon track. Whereas if you think about the entire length of the colon, the large intestine is about five to five and a half feet long. Wow. And so 
when you're thinking about a colon hydrotherapy or a colonic, that allows us to get all the way up through that entire length of five to five and a half feet. With the water, you mean? With not the water. With the... <laughs> not with the tubing. Yes, not with the tubing, but yes, with the water. You have, it's much more powerful and effective. Now, most people do not get clean in one session because there's so much waste in there. It takes a little bit of time. Maybe it's three sessions normally is what we recommend in your first try. But it allows us to go further and be more thorough and therefore it's more powerful and effective. So some people would always say the old adage, uh, one colonic is equal to about 30 enemas. To me, it's just the ability to get all the way through the colon with water and reach to that area where it's close to the small intestine, which by the way, water does not go into the small intestine. We're not working with that area, just the large. Okay. So I guess you're saying you're not anti because it hydrates that area. And at the same time, it's just, it doesn't even compare to a full on colon hydrotherapy. I agree. And, and you're in the privacy of your own space and it's a good segue. All right. That's helpful. Let's paint a really detailed picture for people who are considering this, because I find that if we can tell people what to experience anytime I'm looking at doing something new, for example, if you tell someone what to experience, it takes some of the fear away. So let's address the most important question first. Does it hurt? No. And that's so weird. Why doesn't it hurt? It just seems like it should hurt. You're talking about speculums being inserted in places that not everybody's used to. <laughs> well, there are some places where it might be uncomfortable. In the insertion of the speculum, for some people that might be quite uncomfortable. Um, but when we are working with folks, in the first 90 seconds, there is a, the body's reaction is we are putting something in an outhole. <laughs> so it wants to either reject that by thinking that it's stool or the muscles tighten up around that, the speculum. And there's a little bit of fear there. But once we get the body to relax, once we add that first pass of water, the tissue softens and almost Every client to a T, after about two minutes, they are almost unaware that the speculum is there. So then we're filling water into the colon very, very, in a very gentle flow. And then we might hit some stool up in the track and it builds some gas. And that gas creates a little bit of pressure. And it's temporary and fleeting. And as soon as we actually are emptying the track, meaning that the water is now flowing out, that goes away. So there is no pain. There should not be pain. This should not hurt in any way, shape, or form. But there are moments in a treatment where it might be a little uncomfortable for some people. And, but it's normally passing within a few seconds to a minute. And the overall benefit, uh, and many people will go through a session and never feel a thing. My, my regular clients uh, who come uh, once a month almost never feel anything in that process. The body is so used to it. So a lot of times it's just the apprehension that very first time of the unknown that adds to maybe some uncomfortable moments. That makes sense. But if it were like some extremely painful process, very few people would be fans of this. So that, that's so correct. Yeah. Okay, so so you come in, and I don't know the open system, and so we're going to focus on closed today, but I think many of the same principles will apply. But you come in, and you do need to disrobe from like where it makes sense. <laughs> 
Yes, you are definitely taking the bottoms off, but you're leaving the top on and putting your medical room flap in the back. <laughs> flap in the back. Okay. Flap in the back. And then you, I mean, the sign of a good practitioner is that they are able to make you feel really comfortable and apprehension, I would think, would be completely normal. But a good practitioner is just kind of soothing and works with you and, and tells you everything that's happening. And then, oh, there you are. And it's happening. Yeah, I think, you know, that very first initial meeting, that very first session always takes a little bit longer. And we, at our at our practice, we actually want to have a complete health background. We want to answer all your questions before you even get on the table because we know that there's some apprehension. And if there is any, the body, without even being asked, all of a sudden in the back of your brain starts to want to hold. It gets nervous. And so it holds the stool. And so we want to put people with utmost of ease. Uh, the rest and digest works best for us. So we want to know about your goals, your health goals and put you at ease for the entire process. Okay, how you mentioned that it, the first visit takes a little bit longer and that makes perfect sense. I remember w the first session I ever went to, I think I signed more papers, <laughs> read more information than I did when yeah. I went skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. took less time to get me in an airplane and no, I'm just kidding, I'm exaggerating. But how but, much time should we plan on for a first visit versus a regular visit? Like absolutely. I know it varies, but what should sure. someone expect? Is this like a half day thing? Like what's happening? Yeah, so you're probably looking at about 90 minutes for your first session and then but the actual session with the water um that you're actually on the table or in the open system it would be about 50 minutes and that's about that's a very generous amount of time for the body to um, experience the the colonic and allow it to relax and start to move stool through hydrate the colon uh, so that's a very generous amount of time. And then... And Jen, I'm you, sorry to interrupt you, but you yeah. said 55-0, right? Not 5-0. Five, five, five. Okay, yeah, 45 five, to 50 minutes. Okay, perfect. And all of that is just a variable according to how the session is proceeding. But if you're a repeat client, the entire session from kind of arrival to departure is normally no more than about an hour and 15 minutes tops. And a lot of people ask the question, can I go back to work? Absolutely. You're not going to be uh, left uh, with water dripping all down behind <laughs> you as you walk out the door. I mean, that is uh, so gross <laughs> for a lot of people. Well, you know, a lot of people ask. No, uh, it's true. I get it. Like you got, you just got indoor plumbed and yeah. you know, so what happens. And so what does happen when it's over? Well, we, we take a little bit of time. Uh, everybody is different when they get off the table. Some people are so relaxed. All they want to do is go home and take a nap. And we totally encourage you to listen to your body. So if you feel like you want to curl up on the couch and read a good book, absolutely. We are totally encouraged that whole point of connection and relaxation. Um, some people are incredibly energized. They want to go chop down a tree. They want to get back to work. They want to make those calls. Everybody's going to be different in the space of how, what their energy level is like. But as far as eating wise, we always recommend starting very conservative. So hydrating yourself through this whole process, even though we feel like we've been talking about water and you feel like, gosh, the whole bottom area of the colon is hydrated now, you still want to continue to have good fluids going in. So waters, even herbal teas would be fine. Nothing carbonated, uh, nothing with sugar. We want to stay away from sugar during the first 24 hours because 
the track is clean and we can create a lot of gas that way. So I would ease into eating maybe some clear broths, vegetable broth if you're vegetarian, um, or a bone marrow broth or chicken broth, um, clear if you are a non-vegetarian. And then you can slowly move into some softer foods, maybe some sauteed vegetables or some scrambled eggs, some protein in there. And then eventually you make your way into your regular routine. Within the same day? Well, it can be over the course of about 24 hours in that space. So you just want to go slow as you are gearing up again into your normal routine. I mean, I can't imagine getting, it's kind of like when you go to the dentist and you get your teeth cleaned and they're beautiful and perfect. Like you kind of don't want to mess them up. <laughs> oh, it's so true. You, 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 you're a little bit more mindful because if you try and drop your, your normal, if you, if you have habits that aren't so healthy and you try and just immediately revert back to that, you'll actually get a lot more gas than you've anticipated. And so we really want to make sure that you're not dropping in, you know, white flour products or fried foods or greasy foods or lots of copious amounts of sugar. And that includes fruit too. So just to be mindful. Well, and I think your body will tell you so much because I just can't imagine having that experience and then actually craving a hamburger. I think your body actually is, wants the green stuff, you know, a green smoothie or a juice or some tea. It's true. It's true. I think the body kind of wants to not be uh, bombarded with a lot of food. It wants to take its time. And you will notice a lot of clarity when you get off the table. Your eyes are a little bit brighter. Uh, your mind is clearer. And why is your skin glowing? A lot of it is removing a lot of the toxins that are in there. And it just, you know, skin is definitely a way in which um, uh, the body finds a way to allow toxins to escape. And so it is an expression of our inner health. And we need to be uh, mindful of that. And when we have that opportunity to have a clonic and flush those toxins out, the skin responds beautifully. Okay, so that's what to sort of expect there and after. But Jen, what do you have to do to prepare? Is it complicated? No, no, not at all. In fact, we encourage somewhere between 24 to 48 hours before your appointment. We just ask that you start to eat a little bit more water content foods, raw and cooked green leafy vegetables. If you like raw vegetable drinks, that will also work. But you're, you're basically trying to hydrate the colon to ease your experience. When the colon is dry, we just spend a portion of the, of our session just hydrating the colon if it is dry. So, uh, doing the prep work before will make your session uh, more effective. We also encourage people to cut down on all kind of processed foods like white flour products and cheese and fried foods and, and lots of sugar. Those, those foods have a tendency to, to dehydrate the colon and can make the experience much more challenging. Now, the day of, we ask that you just don't eat about two hours before the colonic. And we also ask you to kind of taper off your water about an hour before because you don't want your bladder full to have you roll off the table. Um, and then the other thing that we ask is that we have you kind of create a positive intention. We find that Setting positive intentions are incredibly important for setting the tone for the body and the session itself and how and what our results will be. And so that looks like something just think quietly to yourself, a positive I am statement like I am well or I am happy or I am healthy. And we find that when people come with a positive attitude, 
the body responds and follows suit and allows itself to relax so that you can remove the waste. And I know that sounds crazy, but it is that mind-body-spirit connection that we find that is so pivotal to self-healing. Okay. I only have two more quick questions for you. The first one is, who shouldn't do this? Are there any contraindications, people who really aren't eligible for this? Definitely, you always, uh, if you're unsure about your, whether you're a candidate for this, always contacting your primary physician is of utmost importance. But if you've suffered an aneurysm, if you've got severe, severe hemorrhoids that are actively inflamed, that can be a contraindication. The colon cancer, and if if you're in the throes of that advanced pregnancy, if you're in your third trimester, you're, you're not going to be a, a candidate at the time. Definitely a candidate 10 to 12 weeks out after delivery, beautiful time to come, come in because the bowels are normally pretty sluggish and we can help with that. But during the late part of the pregnancy, it would not be uh, of interest to come in. Um, if you've had recent colon surgery, again, when things are just in a lot of inflammation, that really is probably the biggest markers for contraindication is just severe inflammations, cancers, tumors. I have a crazy question. What about women who are on their cycle? Yes, that's actually a, a fantastic question. We get that quite a bit. Yes. The, the technical answer is yes. You can come in and have a colonic uh, while you're on your cycle. But what I try to ask uh, the question is, uh, do you experience a lot of bloating during your cycle? Because you will just enhance that with the experience. So I always tend to steer people towards waiting until maybe two days after your cycle has finished. And that way we're not experiencing some extra bloat in there. And that just makes your experience much more comfortable and relaxing. Last question here. I think that just through this discussion, it has illustrated what you should be looking for in a provider. Not everybody is Jen. So how do people figure out whether their provider is someone they can trust with this intimate process or maybe they should shy away? So what should we be looking for or asking of when we're looking for a provider? I think one of the questions, it's okay to ask, does your practitioner walk their walk? Do they get regular colonics? Is it part of their wellness plan? Have them tell you about their experiences. And I think that that will shed a lot of light on then, you know, more technical questions would be, you know, do you reuse your kits? Uh, they're all disposable and they all should be thrown away. Uh, you, you know, you want to make sure that every kit that they give you um, as you go in for your colonic should be a new kit. Nothing should be, oh my no parts are disposable. They should never be reused. I never in even fact, thought about that because you're always like, you unseal them. They're like hermetically sealed. Those things could go with NASA. Like that's, that's how right. sealed they are. That's okay. Right. Oh so, yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. So a lot of times, <laughs> you know, your first time, you know, I encourage the therapist to leave the kit unopened so that you can inspect it before the setup. Sometimes for time, once you become a regular, you know, the the kit will already be set up. Um, And asking also just about, you know, filtered water, what kind of filtration system. The other thing about a therapist is you'll know when you speak to them, if they, if they take the time to address your specific health concerns and your, and your fears, and they reassure you that, you you will be fine and they are there with you to be supportive. You know, you are really doing the healing work yourself. We are just creating a a clean, safe, 
non-judgmental, loving, nurturing environment for you to do your work and answer any questions and empower you to make great decisions when you leave. So, you know, the other thing I would probably say is that therapists, you don't want anybody to kind of lock you into a long course of treatment sessions before you've even had your first treatment. Your body is going to tell you what you need. And both of you, you the therapist and you the client, need to listen. Thank you. That is so helpful. I only have two final questions for you, my dear. Yes. What is one habit you want us to practice, like a baby step that you want us to practice for one week? I challenge folks to take a look at your sugar intake. Sugar tends to create a lot of havoc in the body. And so I'm going to encourage folks to just take a moment to look at all of the things they eat in the day and try and reduce. So if you're, if you love fruit and you eat six pieces of fruit a day, let's try and reduce that in half. If you love sweet tea in the South and you drink uh, three glasses, let's try to get down to one and slowly stair step our way away from the dependency of sugar because in chemistry, one molecule of sugar robs 54 molecules of magnesium. And that magnesium does 300 things in the body, including encouraging us to go to the bathroom. So we want to look at our sugar intake and keep it as low as possible. Okay. What is one resource that you love that you want to recommend or, or just a tip? It can be anything really. Absolutely. I, I think when the world becomes incredibly chaotic, one of the things that really works for me that I would love to share with your listeners is the ability to get grounded and do some breath work underneath a tree. So when I see that stress is a major player for many people, here's what I like to encourage and here's what I do myself. I find the most beautiful tree that I possibly can find in my sight, wherever I am and I make my way out to it. And there's a beautiful symbiotic relationship between trees and humans because they need our carbon dioxide and they provide oxygen for us. So I tuck myself up underneath the trunk of the tree, the canopy there, and I do some deep breathing exercises and inhale through my nose and exhale through my mouth, almost making the word ha, ha, until I have no more air left. And then I take another deep breath of that oxygen. I only have to do that for a minute. But that beautiful in-out rhythm allows me to become present and allows me to feel grounded and rooted. And I start to open my ears up to the rest of the world around me just for that moment. And I can actually hear my own breath. And at that moment, the world feels a little more beautiful and calmer and safer and joyful. Well, I'm like in a meditative state just thinking about this. <laughs> right. Is anyone else? You just hypnotize like 30,000 people in their cars. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> Jen, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you for being willing to talk through this with me and just to educate us and to make us feel comfortable asking these questions and painting this picture for us. And where can people reach you just if they have questions and they want to learn more, Jennifer? You can find me at innerlightholistichealing.com. And so we have a practice in North Carolina. Uh, we would invite anyone who can come. 
If you are too far away, feel free to shoot us an email. Just let us know in the in the subject line that uh, that you heard about us from the show, and we'd be more than happy to promptly respond back to you with any questions or concerns that you may have, give you a little bit of guidance and love, and um, see if we can be a positive resource for you. Jen, you're the best. If people are listening to this on their phones, they can click on the show art and it will sort of flip around and the link to Jen's practice will be right there. And she and her partner are just brilliant. So I know that you would answer their questions, even if they're not anywhere near this part of the world. And I just thank you for that. Thank you. It's been such an honor and we're incredibly humbled to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Ella. Bye. Bye. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.